Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm Pete Carroll, and together we are Three Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins, because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. baby. Welcome in. It is a late Sunday evening edition of New York, New York. JJ John Jastrzemski. And I'm here to say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I survived taking it on the chin this divisional round weekend. It has been a very good, it has been a very profitable NFL season for your boy. This weekend, my goodness, I got my ass whooped. Every which way, every lean I had, wrong, wrong. Wrong and wrong some more. I was 0 for 2 on Saturday night, and I was not much better on Sunday. And hands down, no questions asked. When you think about the narrative and the storyline of the divisional round and the biggest loser of the divisional round, it's not even close. It's a landslide. The Buffalo Bills, who were preseason favorites to win the Super Bowl, Third year in a row, winning a playoff game in the divisional round, failing to get to a Super Bowl, failing to get to an AFC title game, losing this game the way that they did against Burrow and Zach Taylor and Luana Rumo and all of the physicality that the Cincinnati Bengals brought to the table. I think this is one of these fork in the road moments for the Buffalo Bills. They now are developing a reputation for being losers. Until they shed it, until they win, until they get it done. You know, Jeff fans, Dolphin fans, and I'm not going to throw the Patriot fan in there because they saw 20, 25 years of excellence. But I think for the Jet and the Dolphin fan, a lot of Jeff fans listening, you know where my loyalties lie. You kind of looked at Buffalo as that team that was about to be Patriots Jr. The great quarterback, the well-run organization, 
That is some serious trouble in paradise. There was some off about the Bills all damn year. And I got to be honest, this game wasn't even that close. You know, we talked about that yesterday with the Giant Eagle game and the final score being misleading. The, the, the Buffalo Bills never had a chance in this game. Cincinnati went right down the field to score in the opening possession. Buffalo, their offense was all out of sorts, all out of sync. You know what the problem for the Bills is? They have built the team that's dome team. And the problem is you're playing in Western New York. You notice, even with three offensive linemen out for Cincinnati, there were no issues for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati offense playing in those conditions. Then you look at what they did defensively. Can somebody give Lou Anarumo a job? Please. Two years in a row, the guy has drawn up masterful game plans. Did it last year against Mahomes? Does it today against Josh Allen? Lou Anarumo, and I get it, I'm biased. He's Staten Island. I'm Staten Island. We love that. We root for our own. Lou Anarumo should be an NFL head coach. That's all there is to it. Do you see some of the stiffs that are coaching in the NFL? Coach Lou should be an NFL head coach. What a job. And I'm going to say this. I did a television appearance a couple of days ago. And we're going through a bunch of topics for the divisional round, whatever the case may be. And the question from the lovely Michelle Margot was as follows. Joe Burrow is better than Josh Allen. And I foolishly decided to go thumbs down on that particular statement and not thumbs up. Can I get a mulligan? Am I on the Silver Lake first tee box and I just shanked it 50 feet to the right? Can I get a mulligan, please? Joe Burrow is the better quarterback. I don't care if he's not more talented. He oozes intangibles. He wins. The swagger, the poise. It's Joe Montana, Tom Brady all over again. Look at what he's done with that loser franchise in back-to-back years. Bengals, in their history, have never won playoff games in back-to-back years until this year. Cincinnati now is one win away from getting back to another Super Bowl. Remember, Super Bowl losers, they normally never get back. It's usually that hangover year. Well, so much for that. Cincinnati has been as good as anybody over the last eight to nine weeks. And if you're giving me a choice right now, let's be fair about this. You're taking Joe Burrow over Josh Allen. And to think, you know, I had numbskulls telling me Herbert over Burrow. A year ago on a golf course, I heard that. Please. Joe Burrow, that guy's as good as anybody. And he's got an opportunity to go and get another win against Patrick Mahomes, who's clearly not right and is beat up going into the AFC title game. So the big winner of the week is the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think this is going to be an incredibly painful offseason in Buffalo. And those questions will keep looming. How much did the Bills miss Brian Dable? How are the Bills going to keep their team together as they now have to pay Josh Allen and the ramifications of Poyer and Edmonds and other cap casualties? They're going to happen. Buffalo is far from a certainty next year. They may win the division. Josh Allen is still a great quarterback. But this is a team now that's got a major, major, major monkey on their back. And until they get to a Super Bowl and win it, it's now building and building and building and building. That's the narrative in Buffalo. That narrative is there more over the last 30 plus years for Dallas, who ended up losing to the San Francisco 49ers. And 
you know, a lot of people want to make this game about Maher and the blocked PAT on the Schultz touchdown. This game has nothing to do with Maher. He did his job. He hit a couple of 40-yard field goals. This game has everything to do with the ineptitude of Dak Prescott throughout the course of this game. And I get it. They lost Tony Pollard. That's a big blow. They're going up against a great San Francisco defense. That is true. That is fair. But outside of the one drive that led to a touchdown, Dak Prescott just played poorly. He missed open receivers. He threw two interceptions. He's lucky he did not throw a pick six at the end of the game. And it wasn't a great offensive display by Brock Purdy, but it was good enough. George Kittle had the one drive that basically led him right down the field for a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey was hobbled, clearly, but made enough plays. The Niners made enough plays. And I think for San Francisco, their... What's the word I'm looking for? Intestinal fortitude. That's it. That you saw in this game will prove rather beneficial for them as they get ready for Philadelphia next week. And Philadelphia, you don't need to tell a Giant fan this. You listened to our Spotify Live yesterday. They looked like a wagon. Offensive line, defensive line, secondary making plays, wide receivers are loaded. They are a well-oiled machine. Jalen Hurts basically said after the game, felt like a scrimmage. I don't know how the shoulder is because it didn't really get tested all too much. That is going to be a slobber knocker between the Niners and the Eagles with those two defenses. That's going to be old school. That is going to be low scoring. That is going to be a hard-hitting NFC Championship game. And I think all in all here, the storylines are tremendous going into Championship Sunday. The Niners looking to get back to the Super Bowl. The Eagles looking to complete this rebuild so quickly, getting back there. They won the Super Bowl about four or five years ago, for goodness sakes. Their one went away. And listen, to me, as intense and as hard-hitting as that NFC title game is going to be, the AFC title game with those two quarterbacks matching up for the second straight year, they've played nothing but classics. They played two classics last year, one in the regular season, one in the postseason. They played another one this year in the regular season. Here's the narrative. Joe Burrow is 3-0 against Patrick Mahomes. And it may be unfair for Mr. Patrick Mahomes because he's clearly not going to be 100%. If he looks the way he looked against Jacksonville in that second half, they are not winning this game. But be careful. A couple days after the fact, shoot him up, see how he feels, whatever the case may be on that ankle. Cincinnati's the better team, though. If we're going pound for pound and roster for roster, who would you rather have, the Bengal playmakers or the Chief playmakers? Would you rather have the Bengal defense or the Chief defense? You might give him an edge with the head coach. I can understand why. Andy Reid is a future Hall of Famer. And if Patrick Mahomes was right, you'd say, oh, maybe they have an edge of quarterback. But not by much. And Mahomes got to beat Burrow. Burrow, the kid loses confidence, folks. Said we have a championship window as long as I'm here. And it's not cocky. It's the truth. I can't get enough of Joe Burrow. And listen, everybody asks me all the time with the Dolphins, oh, aren't you, aren't you so upset the Dolphins didn't end up with Herbert instead of Tua? No, 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 no. You know what makes me upset? That the Miami Dolphins did not end up with Joe Burrow. Because that guy is a fucking badass. I, I can't stress it enough. Everything about that guy is just alpha, winner, 
that dude. You just know it when you see it. And I ain't going against him next week. Learn my lesson after this game. No way, no how. And I know that means the alternative is going against Patrick Mahomes. Not great. AKA, long story short, we're going to have an awesome AFC and NFC championship game. Now, we did a full Spotify live. If you missed our reaction to the Giants and the Eagles from Saturday night, it is up. You want to check that out. You want to listen to that. It was as fun as a blowout loss recap can be because you guys were super enthusiastic. You guys and what you have brought to this show all year. This has been a ton of fun this football season. And I can't thank you enough for that. But now that the dust has settled 24 hours after the fact, can we acknowledge what a great, enjoyable, feel-good season this was from a Giant perspective? And nothing, absolutely nothing should get in the way of that being the narrative and that being the storyline and that being the takeaway. The Giants had a total of six and a half in Vegas. They had not gone in the playoffs since 2016. This was supposed to be a year they blow it up. They go and get a new quarterback. They go and reset the salary cap. They try to establish some principles with Brian Dable and Joe Shane. Well, they established principles, all right. Going to the playoffs, winning a playoff game, and then getting the most out of what you had on this roster. Despite Dable having a rough Saturday night, and he did not have a great game. Going for it on fourth down early. Not going for it when your team is down 21 points. Not having an answer for what the Eagles threw out there. Although, I'm not putting that on Brian Dable. I'm putting that on the talent level that the Philadelphia Eagles have compared to the New York Giants, which was eye-opening, which was startling, to say the least. This is a great year for the Giants. Here's the question now moving forward. How do you close the gap with a team like Philadelphia? For starters, you got to keep knocking drafts out of the park. You got to build an offensive line like they have. You got to build a defense like they have. The Giants are weak at linebacker. The Giants are weak in the secondary. The Giants don't have the playmakers. But I'm going to keep saying this throughout February and into March. Look at what veteran wide receivers have done for young quarterbacks in transforming their game. I give you Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen in Buffalo. I give you Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, and look at what has transpired with Jalen Hurts this year. Tua, my guy, and Tyree Kill, and Tua having the best season of his life. Daniel Jones had the best year of his NFL career thrown to Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James. He's going to want to get paid. The Giants going to have to pay him. It's crazy to say you're going to have to give him 40-plus million dollars a year, but that's going right for NFL starting quarterbacks. Daniel Jones will absolutely get paid by the Giants and should get paid by the Giants. Barkley basically told you earlier today he doesn't want to set the running back market. Great. Get him less than Christian McCaffrey. Avoid giving him that franchise tag so he's happy. And you take care of business that way. You're going to take care of Dexter Lawrence. Does that mean you say goodbye to a guy like Ronald Williams? Perhaps. Does Dory Jackson fit into the plans? I would hope that he would. They don't have any other corners. But that's where the Giants got to transform this team. This was the innocent climb. Now you're going to have expectations next season. I'm very curious how they handle it, how they handle the offseason, how they view this year in 
comparison to what their long-term vision might have been before this year. I think they know they have their quarterback and somebody they can work with and somebody they like. Jones will be here. Barkley will be here. I'd be stunned if they're not. I know it's business. I know it's the NFL. I know things can happen. This owner loves this quarterback. Feels they failed this quarterback. You think he wants to go in the market for another quarterback? Think again. Barkley, they want him here. Sells jerseys. Likeable kid. Hard worker. He's going to be here. How do you make this team better, though? Beyond those guys. Because it's not status quo with the Giants. That Eagle game Saturday night was eye-opening with how much work needs to be done to get on that sort of level. And the answer is quite a bit of work. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Good weekend. The games were not great. But I'm already excited for Championship Sunday. I think you have two amazing championship games. And I'm just, quite frankly, very happy that from a New York perspective, we were able to get a football season into the divisional round for the first time in like 11 or 12 years. That's nice. So I know you Giant fans on Monday are probably not waking up feeling great. Eagles in the NFC title game. Your team's not playing anymore, but you had a great season. And if I told you back in August you'd be playing in the divisional round, you would have probably looked at me like I had 10 heads. I don't blame you. I would have had the same look. All right, let's take two quick voicemails. Mini pod, because we, uh, you know, we had a lot going on this weekend. So short, quick pod. Uh, let's hear it too. Stefan, go ahead. Hey, JJ. Rob in New Jersey. Listen, I'm a big fan of yours. But I just wanted to dispel one myth in sports that I hear all the pundits, all the podcasts, all the radios say that Divisional playoff in the NFL is the best weekend of the year, the best football weekend. No, it's not. What we live for as sports fans, as football fans, is regular season NFL Sundays at one. Because we know we have gambling all day, fantasy all day, 11 hours of football. If one game sucks, you turn on to the other game to another game, to another game, to watching Red Zone, to the witching hour. That is what we love. Yeah, playoff football is intense. It can be great. But when you have one isolated game on a Sunday afternoon or a Saturday night, and the game is a blowout, like the Eagles-Giants, or I'm watching right now, Cincinnati-Buffalo, yeah, it was compelling because of the snow. But this game really was never a game. We knew Cynthia was going to win since, like, early second quarter. But anyway, I'm a big fan of yours. I love football just like everyone else. But I just want to dispel this nonsense like, oh, my God, divisional weekend, the best weekend. No. Football fans, we all know we love, we live for regular season Sundays at 1, because that is what it's all about. That's the best time of year. Later. I think that is an 
excellent, excellent phone call and an excellent, excellent take. Now, I love the division around in the NFL. When the games are like last year, where all four came down to the wire, it's as good as it gets because it's high-stakes drama and it's win or go home. But as far as best weekend in the NFL year, it's Sundays at 1, 4, and 8 o'clock when you have loaded cards, when you have everybody playing. And from a wagering standpoint and from a viewing standpoint, you could not be more spot on. So I agree with you. And I don't think it's the best weekend of the year for what it's worth. So we are lockstep in that, Rob. Appreciate that take. All right, let's take one more. JJ, Justin, in Miami. Not much to say. Overwhelmed last night by the Eagles. Credit to them. I really think what it shows you, though, is the value of having a quarterback on a rookie contract and what that means for the rest of your roster. Jalen Hurts looks very good. But when you're paying a quarterback a couple million bucks, you see the advantages it gives you on the rest of that roster. That Eagles team is loaded. They're not going to be that loaded in two, three years when Jalen Hurts is making $40 million. And now that's, that's the reason you have to transition back to Jones. And that's why this is such an interesting offseason. I think we all agree that Jones has proven the right to come back here. And I totally agree with the sentiment that, look, how would Daniel Jones be with some weapons? But unfortunately, it's really not that simple because it's not a question of bringing Daniel Jones back on a similar salary or a slight bump and giving him weapons. If you bring him back with weapons, you got to bump his salary considerably. And I think there's a certain point where you can't go. Could you pay Daniel Jones $25 million? Sure. Thirty. But but this now could get crazy because he's so close to free agency. And as you've mentioned, there are so many teams that need quarterbacks. But but at some point, I mean, JJ, you can't pay him $35, $40 million because this team needs help on the rest of its roster. And if you're paying a, a guy who, you know, is maybe above average, maybe a little bit better, $40 million a year, what does that mean for your team? I, I really think this is going to be interesting because it's gonna, we're going to really see what Dayball and, and the GM think of Jones. And what they think of Dayball's ability to develop a quarterback. Because if Dayball thinks to himself, maybe Jones, I've gotten the most I can get out of this guy. And I, I can find someone else, maybe not quite as good, but I pay that guy $10 million rather than paying Jones $30, $35 million. I mean, that's a discussion you got to have. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion he's back. I think the fact he's so close to free agency, if he wants to get the big payday, and he, you know, he might be able to get $35, $40 million. I don't think the Giants can do that. I think the Eagles are exhibit A while you can't go crazy paying a quarterback. Talk to you later, bud. Justin, I get that, but the Giants have no choice. And Daniel Jones is going to get 35 to $40 million a year. I get it. You want to maximize winning with the rookie quarterback. That's what these successful teams have done in the NFL now for the past 15 to 20 years. It's worked to their advantage. You load up the roster. You have the quarterback making no money. And you could have a championship caliber team. The Giants missed a boat on that. You can thank Dave Gettleman for that. You can thank the roster construction, whatever the case may be. You got your quarterback, though. What does it require of the Giants? You got to be smart what you're doing in the draft. That means you got to find gems. You got to find guys that are going to be on this team young and cheap to complement those guys who are making more money. Now it's time for Joe Shane to show what he's all about. Brian Dable answered the bell. There's no doubt in year one. Joe Shane's work. Really didn't do much in year one. Not a bad thing, but he didn't do much. Now it's time to, for him to kind of leave his imprint, leave his mark outside of the head coaching hire. Very big offseason for the Giants. Ton of fun all year with the Giants stuff. We'll put a bow on it Tuesday with Daniel Jones. 
And we'll have somebody giant on. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but we'll have somebody on come Tuesday. Um, and we're going to start gearing up. Championship Sunday, we'll be out in Arizona for the Super Bowl. I'm very fired up for that. A lot of things cooking in New York, New York land over the next couple of weeks. So we got uh, a lot of ideas that I'm going to get to. A lot of, a lot of thoughts as we uh, are about to hit February. Hard to believe. It's going to be spring training. It's going to be the tournament. It's going to be baseball. I'm going to be married before you know it. Don't get me started. What a disaster. All right, on that note, good work by Stefan. JJ out. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Monday. Be good, everybody.